This is the part two of my interaction with Aniket Jain. If you haven't heard the part one yet, I would encourage you to listen to it first. It's episode number 30, Bootstrapping from Kormangla to NYSE. In a moment, we'll get to the episode. But first, here's a message from our featured not-for-profit. There are many people who are not able to afford their daily needs, especially food. Youth for Parivartan, a not-for-profit from Bengaluru, is supporting to bridge the gap. As thousands of you tune in, I urge you to join me to feed 100 families. They have already fed 800 plus families and they want to take it to the next level by supplying them kits. Now these kits include 2 kgs of rice, 1 kg of wheat flour, half kg of tur dal, half liter cooking oil, 1 salt packet, 1 chili powder packet and 1 biscuit. I'm asking you to feed just one family. It costs 250 rupees only. Less than a movie ticket, less than what it costs for a pizza and less than what it costs for a geo subscription. Let's make this contribution. Let's focus on taking SMS and building onto it with all the other products. If you could give an insight to the listener because the average listener right now is thinking I'm being bombarded with so many SMSs. It's not relevant. There are very few probably ones that I really pay attention to. And this must have been the case back then as well, though you have branched out in so many other aspects. When you made that pivot, how did you start building onto it? And I love that you you notice a problem and you have this jugar mechanism in you and you convert that into a really interesting business opportunity. I wish Ashish was here, we could talk both the sides of it. But let, let's focus on how do you do that? How do you how did you notice the opportunity in SMS which is which wasn't that huge at that time? If I remember um, back in 2011, when we started messaging as a service, uh, very early on uh, in that business, we used to do a lot of these campaigns, which were like unwanted, unrelated campaigns. Typically, you know, somebody wants to acquire a new customer. So, you know, you have a list and then you bombard these, uh, bombard blanket bombing, you call it. You just send out these messages and, you know, you hope that one or two customers or one or two people will buy your product, which is like a, either a real estate product or a insurance, insurance or a hair treatment. No or, one, yeah. <laughs> so, all of that. Also, quickly, we also, as in, as part of the learning curve, right? So, that, that was our, uh, the first sort of a bet on to get get business first and then we'll figure out I quickly realized that you know like the point what do you mean get business first and then we'll figure out because that's a different different strategy yeah, you know we don't do a lot of technically deep dive into what kind of business you want we are not very choosy you are uh, very young you want to prove a you want to prove yourself, your uh, when you're, or your people around you to build a company, right? Uh, to build business. So whatever comes your way, you just uh, take it good, bad, ugly. So let's say that those messages were ugly and irritating and all of that. It was, it was anyway, it was nothing, uh, uh, nothing illegal about it. People were sending. So we were also like adding more to that. That was the most sort of low-hanging fruit for us to acquire those kind of customers. Like so somebody has a real estate uh, business, has an apartment, two-bedroom and wants to like has, let's say has some hundred two-bedroom apartments for sale, he wants to target customers. And we said, okay, look, let's do it. I mean, this is our opportunity. So we went that deeper saying, okay, let's get this business. Once you get this business, you realize, okay, I think, so these businesses are very uh, seasonal in nature. So 
today the real estate guy wants to do the campaign tomorrow he doesn't have the budget they have to know also he says my properties are sold out so i don't need to do any more campaign and they're very seasonal so they will have these offers and discount and all that and we also realized when we were doing that that when we were in that phase journey we realized that even it's important to be more consistent so now what is consistent let's in, in this business model for us was anything that happens on a daily basis which is transactional which is not very which is not irritating which customers really want and life will change if they don't get transaction something stable something stable, stable right predictable predictable right so and something which which a customer wants not not like customers not expecting like i do a transaction and 2012 13 is the phase where a lot of new age companies started coming in new age companies like ola like your flipkart started evolving as an organization right and customer communication became key yes key and it went on to be become more critical because and then you know there are these food delivery companies came in then there's this fintech companies new lending services and all that and i think we were we were at the at that right tipping point i would say so we got that kind of business we were doing consistently well in bangalore and then there was the sudden big burst of the startups coming up all these new way startups are trying to solve all you know funny problems or problems that exist only in india and otp suddenly became like a big big factor for companies uh, otp is like uh, two factor authentication like when you download an app you get an otp you need to verify as a user because a lot of fake users are coming in and that's the only way that you could do is through otp verification and it's like an india only solution and and uh, the most stable is the, way, uh, the the stable communication is sms because it purely resides on the network which is the 2g network it doesn't need data it doesn't need any of those things it it is very very stable then the and then data was just evolving right 2009 10 11 12 data was there but it was not it, you were running on edge right and i think 2013 15 itself a lot of 3g got evolved and then 4g and all that and that was the phase where sms became sms was the only like the source of communication so promotional was so we call it as in our business terminology we call it as promotional then there's a seasonal campaign those are all promotional and then there's a transactional like i do particular transaction i get a notification that's called as a transaction so i do do a transaction i get a notification as a confirmation then there's a another element called be bifurcated that is otp so the difference between transaction and otp is that typically you get need to get otp pretty faster like you need to get it in 5 seconds right. you do your transaction or you you confirm or you verify yourself or whatever right so, you, so a lot of these elements came in and we realized that we need to be in this transactional and space so we went after these customers we reached out to i mean we did our, so we had a huge sales marketing i mean we built our we built a sales marketing team originally we went bangalore i myself went to bombay lived there six months in 2012 built an office set up a office uh did sales myself in the new city then hired people that market why though what i would do that uh, i'm just curious because you know, the opportunity cost is so huge there are two philosophies to this uh, business One is the inbound mark, inbound sales, and outbound sales. Coming from a business background, we always, I always understood. Uh, like, why will customer reach out to you? It is always you have to reach out to customer. So that with that philosophy, we had to like while we were in Bangalore, we were getting sustainable business. How do we multiply this business into four x, five x? Now the only way is that we move out of our comfort zone. The comfort zone was back door for us in 2012. We had to take a call. We had to decide whether we want five x growth. Get that five years growth. We had to move Not to new point. cities, new business opportunity. So we moved to Bombay. Then we moved to Hyderabad. We expanded into Delhi. So what we did is traditionally we went on with a traditional model. We hired a resource and used to work from home for us. 
used to but he used to have a sales target and he used to do customer visits sales acquire identify customer list meet them so we never had the online self service model mm-hmm. so we went on to build that that journey. very hands on very hands on very you know very uh, touch and feel customer face to face conversations i think that some sort of gave a lot of confidence to startups because startups were like Okay, I can sign up, but you know, if I meet somebody who can do it for me, who yeah. can, he's there, a phone call away, I'm more, much more comfortable. We were there. We. It's a very interesting insight. Hmm. So a lot of companies uh, went on the other model, which is uh, saying, you know, I'm going to promote myself, and then people will sign up on my platform, mm-hmm. and then I'm going to call them and say, hey, this is how you have to do. But I think a uh, market was not looking at that perspective. Market was looking at somebody who can meet them because these were very critical service. Unless until you really meet the person, you have the contact person, like you have a point of contact. It's very hard for them to get convinced that this will work. So that journey was our uh, traditional journey that we started up in uh, Bombay. We didn't move. I mean, we, I moved there. Again, you start from scratch. Scratch. So so Built a small office, two seater, hire resource, and this. The, mm. So. Traditionally, the tech team, everything sits here, yeah. but we have a model where sales team and relationship team that's out of locally in that city. So we, today we have more than three, four hundred, five hundred customers in Bombay. We have a team there who, who are constantly in touch with the customer. And then very early on, we got these customers, right? Uh, these new age customers. So they scaled. So it was like I think for us, we didn't know what scale they will bring in, right? We we were clueless. You know, we we I mean I. I Food ordering, okay. How many people will order food? I mean, in, in, back in 2013-14, okay, food ordering. Oh, this is a good problem. It's a cool thing, yeah. Cool thing, ha. Okay, ghar pe khana is like a so you know free of cost and everything. And I said, how long will this survive, right? And okay, things have changed, and it's become really today an essential service today, right? Some strategic companies gave us since we were connected, we were already hooked onto them, you know, deeply integrated. Uh, gives that edge. So the, you just rode the wave. Wave that yeah, yeah. we were part of the wave, and that wave gave us a interesting curve, interesting customer. Are there any values that you follow now? Now, Kalera has core values, but yeah. back then, when it was still Solutions Infinity, we had created a. So one of the thing that we always is uh, we we tell people not to reinvent the wheel. Re- reinvent okay. the uh-huh. wheel. What it means is that you need to be smart. You need to. Which means that whatever is available, you don't need to rebuild. Pick up something that is there. Build on top of it. Don't get into mode of saying I I can do this on my own and do it. You know. So one of the value was smart thinking. You know, ownership was one of the uh, very critical because a lot of young guys used to join us. Uh, you know, a lot of people used to start their career at, at Solution in Kalera uh, slash Kalera. Typically, I've seen uh, freshers one year experience, two years experience, and one of the fundamental values that we said: think smart, copy something that is available. Mm-hmm. Don't don't try to. Do too much thinking around it because there's already people have proven mm-hmm. some of these things, uh, and that's how we. I think one of the reason we've scaled is because of the a lot of smart thinking, a lot of ownership coming in, and a lot mm-hmm. of, because people don't really uh, they're scared of taking up ownership at the companies, and then you you've evolved them in 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 the journey. So I said, okay, you start yourself, and next year we will give you a manager post. So why don't you aspire to do work towards that and mold them, train them, modify them? Because you're talking about people claim that you're bad at judgment. Yeah. <laughs> of people, what do you look at when you are hiring or when you are building that team? In initial days, now has it changed? Has it evolved? I would say we were conservative uh, back in the day because every penny mattered, and we were looking at people who could just do what they were they were committed or what they were told to do those days. Because also, I think we were uh, slightly sort of, and we were actually doing 
so we were saying you know what you're you're good enough you you have good communication skills you have great so rest of things don't worry we can work with you mm-hmm. learning business don't worry we can teach you so with that but now we things have changed now but if i would say the patience level is gone because now you don't have that bandwidth to get into that hand holding and all that and now we look at more expertise senior expertise who've done who've done and proven dusted this you know their whatever they've done in there so we look at skills who we look at talent and the kind of skills that they have already done it across and then we say okay come and you know implement that in this organization and, and that's changed uh, that's a huge change uh, which is coming in mm. now because wow he's still not into reinventing the wheel he's being really smart at it. <laughs> <laughs> it's a compliment <laughs> I I like it. You know, one thing I really love about the way you think is that you have this knack of fixing a jigsaw puzzle in your head and the interesting thing is pieces in the puzzle they come from different jigsaw puzzles yeah. yet together they make sense. <laughs> I mean those who are listening to it rewind a little and re-listen to it because it's a little complicated. How did you zoom out of just focusing on SMS Aniket and as a company started focusing on communication? Because it's a huge shift in perspective. So we, me and Ashish have these, uh, and a couple of other folks also have a lot of these internal conversations. And to that conversation, and you know, we keep discussing and what are the problems, uh, who's doing work, who's not doing work. And, and when we pivoted, one of the one of the strong point that came was that focus. Like let's talk. So we were doing by then by 2011, we were doing like 10 things. I guess in this world, in website hosting, domain uh, registration, search engine optimization, digital marketing. We were doing all of these, right? when we were doing all of these and when we decide to shut all of these and focus on on just sms that gives a constant instant growth so focus is something that we realize is the key point and the more you go focus the more you go into one deep one topic and you go as deeper as you will expand you will you know you will get into like everything so we we became like an expert by 2014 15 we became like we had we were present in all over the country by then customers came back and said hey you know what give us a presence in international uh, so customers started moving to international countries they asked us to you know why don't you provide me international messaging and scale it up and all of that and we went on to scale uh, i think one of the fundamental thought was that focus uh, the more you focus the better what drove this focus towards sms from our conversation i understand that the customer was demanding it yeah. and that is why the needle just moved yeah yeah so customers were constantly demanding like i i remember one of the customers were constantly demanding us hey you know what you are so customer also demanded plus feared give us a bit of a kya bolte wo blackmail ko kya bolte yeah so black like you know what if you don't give me this then i have to change my mind ah okay but so for us this is a nanda pani right i mean we can't how we can't lose we have to do something about it so come back and you know tell us you know we need this we need that lot of our energy time naturally started focusing on uh, messaging as a service because customers demanded us and if we don't give we will lose this business so hum ashish ko darase the bhai ye business nahi aayega to you are the person to be blamed for <laughs> so you know but in a good way i mean those helped whatever yeah. uh, all of that uh, tricks i would say and you know uh, 
इट हेल्प ऑल दो टैक्टिक्स हेल्प एंड कस्टमर्स अच्छा मिस कॉल बूम इन टू थाउजेंड फोर्टीन मिस कॉल ट्विटर For example, my mm-hmm. Indian or Uttar Pradesh tweets, you get an SMS of what he tweeted. So very popular service those days, and now it it doesn't exist. But you know, all those came in, and customers demanded us to have these services. We'll we'll come back to communication in the shop. I just want to dip in to the really interesting relationship you have with Ashish. Yeah. Because what I understood initially was that here's a guy who's really good at sales and marketing. Here's a guy who's really good at building products, yeah. and they are married. You know, business makes sense. Yeah. But now that I look at it, there are so many bridges that you have which are common. Yeah. How do you? Because you come from a completely different perspective, and so does he. What have you found as ways to communicate to tech guys or to guys who are focused on creating? And what do you think hasn't worked? When was that? Have you had those moments where? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So one of the things that I've realized what doesn't work is uh, most of the tech guys know. Uh, like for me, for the non tech, let's assume. Uh, I don't know that much, but technical guys generally I feel they want about that. They keep beating around the bush. They don't talk to the point. Like if it, and they also like if it's a two days work, they'll say five days work. You know, something like it's like you feel it's a like I personally feel it's a like two days ka kam hai. Why are you taking like five days, ten days? So I feel you know this is too much, and that's where Ashi sort of have stepped in to balance that out. And Ashi really goes into saying you know he he's a He's a, he's master in in putting technical stuff into a simple non-technical or so to say the Language. humanized way to understand things. That you know this work is actually five days and this is how it will happen because we need to do this 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 this. So I think one of the I would say for for us the backbone has been Ashish. Tech has been the really the the backbone of this company. Uh, with all of technology, we would have uh, not been able to scale, and uh, the scale and the growth that we got is purely because we own the whole tech stack. We own it. We we have built it on our own, and that's been one of the success story, uh, true success story uh, for that tech stack. And these are the conversations that we have. I mean, something. I mean, today also we keep arguing about this guy is not working, that guy is not technical, guys are not working, and then the, on the other side, I get uh, argument saying, you know, our technology team is the smallest team in. The company right now. We need to, like how can you expect me to build things so faster? So we need to invest more in technology, and so we keep constantly debating about this and having uh, our own arguments on on this. But also, I think Ashish also. So Ashish also undermined his potential because he always worked with with people with you know with basic skills who could do just some basic stuff. But now he also realized that he needs more uh, people up the ladder who can push things, who can lead teams, who can get things executed into, and not just. Do one piece, but also look at a larger picture. So that has changed uh, a lot. And for the last one or two years, we've been uh, you know going through some product. You know, we keep doing product update and product releases. It's not been up to the mark because of purely because you know too, too much to handle on Ashish's shoulders right now. But you know, we'll we'll get there. But now, right, I, I think all those learning curves have uh, will help us to get better. I think uh, has to be. Yeah. What what are what are some fun things which. Those who are into your sales team and you get, but Ashish's tech team doesn't get. <laughs> so one of the thing is, so Ashish is also a, you know he's a he's an entrepreneur again, and he everything he relates, he always uh, makes it like technology is equal to business, right? That's uh, a very powerful. Say that again. Yeah, technology is equal to business, right? 
Ashish is always relative about. I mean, he's very, very calculative about what is the business coming. And one of the challenges that I see in my sales team is, you know, they bring in all sorts of customers and say, you know, this customer wants this. Just because we are customer centric and customer focused, they'll bring in like somebody who's not even giving us, will not even give us like a thousand business, uh, you know, or a fifty k business or a hundred k business in the year. They want to do that customization on the platform because they want to close the deal and you know, yeah. yeah. So. And Ashish is like, why do you, you know? Ash, and Ashish is very like, what is the business? He'll ask all of these questions before even getting into the. So he's gonna ask how much business will come from this customer? Why are you doing this? Why should we do? How much will will he pay? Will the customer pay extra? So will he pay for the setup fee? Will he pay for one time development? All of that. So I think those are the one of the frictions that we keep having. Mm-hmm. And business guys say, you know, you don't need to worry about what business we get and how we get. But you know, you have to just trust us. And I think uh, Ashish has been good filter there. Typically, you know, managing team this side and getting the learning curve has been that we will not do for earlier. We used to do everything, but now we do it for very specific. If, if there's a value in a customer, then we go back and do it. We put them on a priority. Otherwise, we don't do anything. You people can observe the changes that have happened as the company has scaled. Because moving, going from taking as many customers as possible, two hundred e-commerce websites in a year, to really narrowing it down and being the chooser of your client, because I, I firmly believe that you choose your clients and that chooses your future. You merge with Ubiquity and Hook Mobile, and this crazy global collaboration is underway because it, it's still happening. Though it's out there in the world internally it's still because i know we've had an interaction getting the cultures to work the diversity to sink in it is going to take time and i'm just curious to know is this the kind of trend that indian startups will notice yes i think uh, a lot of startups today uh, at least i've seen the mindset is that collab i would call this as a collaboration the simple reason is at some point in time you need to figure out what is the so you know there's a there's a growth right you grow from one point to point and then you sort of saturate right at some point you will saturate because of or or if you don't really innovate or scale and we believe that the only way to make it to the biggest like a vision sometimes you need to collaborate in 2016 when we met and i think we were also we were stable as a business we were okay we were doing decent amount of business we we were constantly looking at global expansion and for global expansion we needed a lot of investment so we said okay what do we do we don't have a lot of money because what all the money we made we had to put it back in the company so we were always like on a so it's still just raised one funding one down funding is that correct yeah, no before we never raised money we ne- never raised money we never raised money until 2016 okay from 2009 till then we never raised money we were bootstrapped organically grown from zero to we did about 25 million on our own until 2016 we'll talk about all of yeah, that in a moment but back so so i think collaboration was the point expansion was the point so by 2015 14 15 we realized me and ashish said okay what is next week we should do ipo like okay you know we should keep a bigger vision then we'll work towards it also the reality that you know it's harder in india difficulty you know it takes years and then we met uh, ubiquity which is the new one's team in uh, mobile world congress 2016 feb february uh, uh, we met them and the first conversation happened is he asked us what is the vision for the company and said we want to take this company to ipo hmm then he said great be my guest you know even we want to take our company <laughs> to ipo can we like can we disc- I mean, can we explore uh, doing it together so first that's first an unusual meeting, yeah the first first meeting was very unusual and i like you know uh, the, especially with the italian accent how things we could not understand 
it was too noisy we could not understand me and ashish like confused uh, we said okay we'll you know we'll discuss let's sign uh, then we said okay let's sign an nda we signed an nda within uh, within a month or so they they, they came visited us and, uh, we spent good 3 4 days interacting having conversation they looked at our office uh, they really liked us what we do they said you know let's explore the opportunity and that's how the journey is interesting in that dario mentioned that he he looks at people he he has he's of course a very interesting and celebrated entrepreneur and he's a very audio student of psychology and humans and he, and he mentioned it so beautifully that he looks at people instead of their goals What did you look at him and his company? Other than the fact that you had a common goal of IPO, so I think that what I looked at Dario was the kind of experience that he had. Right, he started this company like twenty years back, and uh, we were really uh, mesmerized with the the whole. Uh, he owns, uh, so he mentioned that ninety five percent of the banks work with him. So we were thirty banks. Ninety five percent of the Italian banks. Oh, that's ninety five percent of the banks. Right, wow. the banks. You name the bank, they're all working with Calera in Italy. They were like, "Wow, that's like uh, killer." I mean, that's really cool. I mean, in twenty years, he has built a business model. Which all the like all the banks use there, all the all the messages, everything goes to the Calera platform. And he's a non-tech entrepreneur. Yeah, he's a non-tech entrepreneur. So he hired a CEO and all of them are joined later. He just uh, and they have a very interesting. Uh, they have a, they have so much memories, right, of that experience. So they keep sharing, like you know. So he worked until thirty seven years hmm. from from his twenty uh, one to thirty seven years. He was working uh, in Oracle and hmm. all these couple of other companies, and we were really like, okay. He also had a very interesting college project. Yeah, yeah. And he also had a lot of appreciation for us. Like you guys are doing great, and you know, like which is which is very unusual. Like India, me, you know, nobody like ah, okay, ah, okay, software company, okay. Yeah, like you guys are brilliant. You guys are like okay, and you know, he constantly spoke about us and really, okay, we really got okay. This is something good. So I think it's time to start having a serious conversation. And I think that's what we liked in Dario because he spent so much time, and uh, he also valued our technology. He valued what we built. Plus, he had this whole expertise of uh, you know so much uh, background that he had that gave us. And he, one of the thing I really liked is that he's a sailor. Mm-hmm. He's his passion for sailing is a lot. So, so we went. We we really liked him uh, truly from that perspective. No, then we went on a cruise ship and. Do we want to do that? Once? Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Not cruise ship. We'll do sailing. Proper ship. Proper sail. sailing. Oh. So Dario teaches uh, every August or around August, August around June, July, August. He goes for about two weeks uh, sailing camp, and he is a teacher there. Oh wow! So he teaches uh, students sailing. Interesting. So we would do it maybe next year. We do it. <laughs> Now, any sponsors listening to it? <laughs> Reach out. <laughs> yeah. I'm amazed at this fact that. The two of you started bootstrapped it for so many years, seven plus years, and then did an IPO. Now, now that sounds really fancy, but I can understand the ups and downs you've discussed, and so many more that yeah. I've just been on the grain. What was it like for starting so from scratch and going till the IPO? If you look back at it, it was like a it was a dream. I would say a dream that was just sort of discussed, just sort of told. You know, we want to become an IPO, and then making happen. And you know, a lot of people do. A lot of people say, "I'm, I'm going to become my company is not public. I'm trying to do this." But how many people really that translates right? That reality dream into a reality, right? And we've been really fortunate about that whole journey, right? And I think fundamentally the reason has been has been that uh, both of us are uh, really focused. 
passionate about what we do because entrepreneurship comes within us blood so it's you know we know the ups and downs of you know taking this and uh, and one of the things is realized that collaboration is the key so one is that you know a lot of companies a lot of entrepreneurs are really averse to non collaboration and they don't uh, they, they take a lot of time to collaborate they do a lot of thinking whether it works or not works uh, i think we've we've gone through all that uh, you know it's it's uh, it's very different culture different to collaborate with uh, you know it's a different styles of italian working and our working but i think uh, there's a common point and more than that also ashish and me both of us got a global role in in kalera uh, which was part of the whole and that gives an excitement saying okay great we have built a company i think now it's time to global and if we can get a global responsibility so it's more strategic in nature not just one way collaboration but collaborative like collaboration with a equal distribution of responsibility i'm very happy about what we built but very at the same time very conservative and theek hai matlab you know be realistic theek hai matlab you know we've not done too much of noise about you know, ipo while you know, yeah like somebody say oh, you work completely i i would say Okay, thank you so much. <laughs> Nothing more than that. I mean, we both like to be like stay low, and you know. How has the family responded? Because in a way, you've really proved. Yeah. Those yeah. naysayers <laughs> and critics, and of course, the the ones who believe. Family me. treats me like normal, but kids <laughs> still, you know, they think I don't know anything. <laughs> but I, that's the that's a funny part. So. Uh, I mean, I uh, nothing has changed. Uh, in fact, you know, mm-hmm. family. And the other day, you know, my uncle was saying, "See, even I'm I'm making the CEO click photograph." So, it's shadi ka tha. So, you know, he like I was clicking his photographs. Look, the CEO is clicking my photographs. So, people, you know, the, the, those little fun things. But nothing has changed. I mean, it's it's uh, it's yeah. I mean, in general, there's been a great broad feeling. Everybody talks about it. But I think uh, at the same time, you need to be like you know, you need to be grounded. You need to. because there's a lot more to do I and mean, this, mm-hmm. this is just a start i know we are one of the few who made it to ipo at new york stock exchange hope to do maybe couple of more <laughs> i i love the i think this is the first time of course i'm not a student of finance uh, so i may be silly at this but the strategy that was applied to get to ipo was unusual so for the ones who are not aware of it it's sort of how do i say it it's it's sort of just going to a buffet dinner and taking the best things and offering it to people can you just walk us yeah. the listeners through how i think the whole process is very simple so dario had this big vision of uh, ipo we had also this vision so dario said you know what i think when you collaborate we'll give you a global role so you know you, i think first we need to combine the entities so we did a combination in 2017 once that combination happened we went on this combination which is india and it at italy milan and we did a another combination which is a hook mobile hmm. that's what we were doing months mm-hmm. so we were already combined hook mobile joined us so dario acquired dario which is kalera acquired hook mobile fully mm-hmm. and then it became like a revenue which is india contributes over 40 million which is kalera italy contributed of 60 million and the other 25 comes from us so all put together 125 million dollars of revenue then we did we had another 6 months of due diligence audit for sec filing uh, which is stock exchange uh, all of that process due diligence took about 6 8 months to get to that whole process and dario actually moved from milan oh. moved his family to new york first and worked with sec officers worked with new york speaking guys to get everything clarified sorted so if i if i have to say things won't work when i when i am at 40 million i it's hard for me to go listing because mm-hmm. the kind of expenses and everything is so high so high yeah so the 
best way was to sort of become a big giant first, reasonable giant, which is still smaller, because, but still $125 million in revenue, become a decent size and then you can actually go public. So that's the process we took through. And the, for the last couple of months, we were going through like multiple auditors, degrees and scrutiny checks and all that and finally made it to public. Unusual, no? Yeah. Um, as I explore the story, when you wanted to expand out of Bangalore, you had to move to Bombay. Yeah. Now you have to expand out of India. Darius had to go to New York. We won't ask him the final question. I don't want to. Because um, I think we're going to have a part two of this with Ashish and Anikit together. Or probably Dario also yeah. into the picture. Yeah, yeah sure, sure. But let, let's ask him, what does Kalera mean? Ah, that's an interesting uh, So Dario, uh, So Dario built, started a company called Ubiquity. Mm-hmm. And we had a company called Solutions with me. I matched. There's no way. You There's no way. <laughs> uh, so what happened is, in the market, customers were getting confused. In the sense, you know, what, what is the company Ubiquity Solutions? We realized that we have unique identity, one identity for all these companies. So, Dario engaged a, a consultant, who, like a brand consultant. And, and he was very clear, he wants a unique name, which has, which has no meaning as such. But in the sense that it has done not have a meaning of the Google or dictionary or anything. Purely because it had some meaning, then those names are not available. So, we did a thorough exercise for about three months uh, wow. with the brand consultant. So they, they engaged a consultant, they interviewed us, went through that whole process, finally came up with Calera. So Calera has a combination of two words. Kalos is the first word and Ira is the second word. Kalos means handsome Greek, which resembles the Italian context. Yeah. Uh, smart, handsome Greek. Ira is agile, fast, uh, which is a Sanskrit word, Ira. Mm-hmm. And they came up with these uh, two. What does it mean, Sanskrit? Ira, Ira, E R Y A is it means in Sanskrit, uh-huh. it's wild, agile panther. Acha, okay, oh. Animal. So it resembles the Indian context. So then you know, Kalera became the word K A L E R. So you can say era of communication. You can you know you can also make it that form. But this is the true sort of a. It was a proper exercise done, so you know we we had only got one option. So the guy gave us only one word called Kalera, and it was short, simple, available. We decided to have, and we decided to change. Everybody decided to change the name of the from Ubiquity became Kalera, from Solution became. So today, as a brand, we talk as Kalera the one brand. So it, it looks, it it looks, makes internally, externally, everybody looks united. Yeah, you know, together. And that's that's the. It's such a pleasant. And refreshing talking to you and exploring your journey. Thank you. How can the listeners reach out to you if they have? Um, Great. So, listeners can reach out to me. So, all the young entrepreneurs and listeners uh, can reach out to me on LinkedIn. My email ID is scale growth and uh, happy to also give them access to uh, the network that we have built today so we have more than 3,000 customers uh, we do like uh, 30 billion messages a year so happy to you know share all that experiences all the information whenever they need wonderful thank you so much that's that's very generous thank you thank you thank you, thank you. all the links and details of reaching out to him are in the show description yeah. on that note go make some karata.